Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the Belmont Journal. I'm your host, Roger Colton. There's been significant concern in Belmont in recent months about traffic and pedestrian safety. Belmont Journal has invited Assistant Police Chief James McIsaac to join us today to talk about those topics. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me, Roger. Let's start with school safety first, because it seems like there is a, uh, a struggle today to fill the uh, school, the pedestrian uh, safety positions. The crossing guards. The yes. crossing guards. Yep. Well, uh, since on my 20 years in the police department, there have been times when we've had difficulty filling these positions, and we're at one of those times uh, again. We currently have 16 crossing posts and we have one vacancy, and we have a vacancy in the um, reserve crossing post. So we, we like to carry 16 crossing guards and two reserve crossing guards. And what happens is when a crossing guard is out sick or not feeling well or is un unable to come to work, we try to fill those posts with the reserve crossing guard. If we don't have a reserve crossing guard, we then use a police officer who's working the day shift to fill that post. And... Um, you know, there, there have been times recently we've had to fill a number of posts for a number of reasons. Uh, crossing guards are, are absent, you know, for a variety of personal reasons. But there's been days when we've had to fill three or four posts uh, with officers in the morning and in the afternoon. And to make clear to our, our viewers, uh, you know what a crossing guard is, and I know what a crossing guard okay. is. But these are the, the folks who I, I think of. Uh, there's one at Washington and Common Street. Yes. There's one at the Chenery. There's uh, one down on Common Street by the Wellington. But each of the schools uh, it has. has a crossing guard, one yep. or more crossing guards. That's right. And um, so the crossing guards, are, they're civilian employees, and they, um, they wear a, a high-vis traffic vest. And they're out there for a set amount of time before school, before school starts and after school uh, ends and they're there to cross the kids. Some of the uh, crossing posts, like School at Shop, covers uh, kids going to the Burbank, but also kids going up to the middle school. Um, and so they cover a, a dual uh, school post, if you will. And they're the conductors of that, those intersections. Uh, yes. They can stop traffic uh, uh, irrespective of the traffic signals. They, and they say when you go and when you stop, and that, when the kids go and stop. That's right. right. You listen to the cross, or you not listen, but you pay attention to what the crossing guards are telling you. Yes. And yes, what's the, is there a particular reason why there is a problem filling those positions, or is it just the normal well, uh, flow of things that you have problems in some years? We've had problems over the years. They used to be, uh, going back 20 years or maybe even 18 years, they used to be fully uniformed, and, um, you know, it was kind of a more of a, uh, um, a, a, an established position, and then we've gotten rid of the uniforms to make it easier, for try to make it more attractive so people aren't putting on the uniforms. But I think one of the biggest hindrances to us being able to fill those positions is the hours, because it's the morning hours and then the afternoon hours. Yes. And on Wednesday, they have to go in the morning and then in midday for the early release. So I think people... Um, you know, whether they're trying to plan their day, their work around their day or, or whatever, I think they find that those, the split hours are a little bit um, too much to handle, you know, in, in terms of I can't run an errand, I got to be back in, in three hours or, or, sure. or whatever. 
Can, can anybody be a crossing guard? Yes. Do you, or uh, you don't need special training. Nope. Or I imagine you get special training, but you don't have to have any particular qualifications. We train them. Nope. And, and in fact, even to make the job more inviting this this time around, we've offered to if somebody wanted to split a job or if somebody wanted to be a reserve guard and said I can only work in the morning, I can't work in the afternoon. We would be uh, we would accommodate that. Are those paid positions? They are. It's sixteen fifty an hour, and it's thirteen hours a week. And if somebody wants to apply to be a crossing guard, I'm betting dollars to donuts. You have a telephone number you can give us. Yes, they can call us, 617-993-2501. And they can ask for the traffic department, and then we'll get them in touch with the, the HR department. So if uh, people want to apply to be a crossing guard in Belmont, again, 617-993-2501. Yes. And... Uh, they express their interest. Mm -hmm. uh, let's close the door on crossing guards okay. for a little minute, uh, a little bit, uh, because there has been a more generalized uh, interest in pedestrian uh, safety in Belmont. Uh, have have the police been uh, taking uh, particular actions to improve pedestrian safety? Yes. Yeah, so what um, you know, we we. Uh we, the Belmont Police and particularly the Traffic Department of the Belmont Police have always worked in conjunction with the Traffic Advisory <coughs> Committee, which is now the Transportation, um, I believe, Advisory, it's Advisory Committee. Committee. Yes. And, um, you know, that was, the, you know, a simple name change like that is, is important because it, it's now it speaks to that we're just not concerned about traffic, but we're, transportation in general. That includes walking transportation. Uh, but we have always taken an interest in, in traffic. It's something that all of our offices uh, are, are, are supposed to be doing on a daily basis is traffic enforcement. Um, we've, we've worked with the Office of Community Development to develop, you know, to talk about um, intersections, which intersections might need some engineering changes. And I've recently have dusted off a pedestrian safety seminar that I first created in 2004 when I was a patrol officer investigating serious motor vehicle crashes. And uh, we'll be, I'll be presenting that on October 23rd at the Beach Street Center at 7 o'clock. And we cover three kind of critical areas where we talk about choosing safe routes. Uh, we look at past pedestrian crashes in Belmont and, and the lessons we learned from those. And, um, and basically laws and uh, laws pertaining to pedestrians in motor vehicles and that's like open in to, and around crosswalks. That, that's open to anybody? Yes. That, that October 23rd, you said? Yes. And it's open to anybody? It's free? Everybody's welcome. It's free. And, and it is advisable. To, yes. It, it would be a good thing to come. It is. Well, I'd like to follow up on something you just said, uh, past pedestrian crashes, because I, it seems to me, I'm going to give you an opinion here. Tell me whether I'm wrong. Uh, that people are uh, are focusing on pedestrian safety now because of the, the pedestrian death mm -hmm. this past summer. But pedestrian safety has been an issue in Belmont for forever, forever. for, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Can, can you tell us about past pedestrian crashes? Sure. Is that something you could yeah. feel comfortable talking yeah. about? So in, uh, in 2001, I was a patrol officer. I was assigned to the traffic department, and I was sent to uh, motor vehicle crash reconstruction school. And one of my responsibilities was to investigate serious pedestrian crashes. Now, in 2001, 2, 3, and 4, we had a pedestrian fatality each of those years. Um, so at that time, I 
went back and I looked at all the pedestrian fatalities we had in Belmont, and I wanted to find out why they were occurring. Um, there was also a common theme among those four is, was the age of the people who had been killed. Um, so I went back, it started in 1982, and we had, I discovered we had about 12 pedestrian fatalities, and the average age of the victims was 77. So in 2004, at that time, I started the pedestrian safety seminar, and I focused it on uh, senior citizens um, and, and elderly people because they seemed to be the, the people that were getting getting struck and killed. And there's a number of reasons for that is, you know, old people don't do well when they get hit by a car as opposed to, um, you know, younger people. But what Oh, so what I just heard you say is if an older person gets hit by a car, it's more likely to be serious. Serious, yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. And um, so, but what, what I also learned is, uh, you know, it was safe places to cross. I can say with certainty we've never had a fatality, knock on wood, in a regulated crosswalk. And a regulated crosswalk is a crosswalk that has uh, push-button activation, has lights, you know, red, green, and yellow, and pedestrian walk signals. So not all crosswalks are equal, is no. what I just heard you say. That's yeah. right. Not all crosswalks, crosswalks are equal. crosswalks, and then you have regulated crosswalks. Yeah. So regulated okay. crosswalks, you, you activate the lights, and the, uh, the idea is, you know, that the motor vehicles have the right-of-way on a green, okay? But having said that, that does not give, uh, it's not an I get to for the motorist. So if there's a pedestrian in the crosswalk, the, the motorist says, I have a green light, so therefore I get to push that person back on the corner. They still have to yield to the pedestrian in the crosswalk. But it creates a more controlled environment and more kind of visible that they, the motorist is coming up and they're seeing lights. And they should be paying closer attention to what's going on in front of them. More importantly to me, it seems, not, not to uh, disagree with you, but uh, the pedestrian, just because the pedestrian has a walk signal doesn't mean that they should assume that they're going to have the right-of-way. Uh, because if, if there is a car and a pedestrian, whether or not you have the, the walk signal, uh, the pedestrian loses. That's right. And uh, I had read a quote from uh, an attorney in, in Cambridge that was in, a, in a, um, a newspaper article last year. And he, 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 I like the way he wrote it. He said, the, the right-of-way is not something you have, it's something you give. And just where you mentioned where the pedestrian has the right-of-way, but the motor, the motor vehicle still has to give the right-of-way or yield the right-of-way to the pedestrian. And I think that something you said is important, which is something I actually had never thought of uh, before. But when I think of a regulated crosswalk, uh, as you uh, described it now, I think of um, School Street and Common Street. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I think I just heard you say is just because there's a green light doesn't mean that pedestrians have the go-ahead to cross, that they should push the button and wait for the cross signal. Yes. Uh, the green lights are for... The motor the, vehicles. The motor vehicles, but you still need to push the button and wait for the signal. Yes, that's right. Right. As opposed to an unregulated crosswalk, which doesn't have any, um, any traffic lights. And we have way more unregulated crosswalks in town than we have regulated crosswalks, naturally. And... Unregulated crosswalks pose a certain risk because they tend to be longer crossings. If you think of um, Belmont Street in the area of Worcester Street, you're crossing about 60 feet of roadway there uh, in an unregulated crosswalk. 
And now the, uh, the law on an unregulated crosswalk is that the pedestrian has the right of way. And nobody knows this, even police officers really don't know this little piece of the law, but the, if I'm traveling uh, westbound on Belmont Street heading towards you know, Waltham or, Belmont or Cushing Square, I'm required to stop if the pedestrian on the opposite side of the road, once they get within 10 feet of the center of the road, um, the, the motorist is required to stop. Um, we tell people all the time, and I'll tell them, you know, Tuesday next Tuesday night, that if you see a pedestrian crossing, you should stop. You know, if they're waiting to cross in the, in the you know, in the road. But unregulated crosswalks pose certain risks, you know, because they're not lighted, and so it, in in dark, uh, early evening, early morning, they can they can pose a hazard because you're crossing a, a long, uh, usually a longer way across, but also. Not everybody knows, you know, we, when, we, when we have new drivers and we're teaching people how to drive, when they see that international crosswalk, they're supposed to scan back and forth. And people don't do that, obviously. Do you find the yellow signs, if I say the yellow signs, is that sufficiently descriptive? The signs that say... Crosswalk warning signs? Yes, this yeah. says state law requires. There's one at the post office, there's one in Christian Square mm -hmm. that you can tell where I drive. When yeah. I mention the... Uh, are those helpful? I think they are. I think they are. I think we you can run you can run um, you know you always have the potential to put up too many signs and you have sign yeah, pollution and, and nobody ever, you know knows any recognizes any of the signs. I think um, through education and trying to tell you know people that what crosswalks mean and and and, and what they are, and they should look out for them. Um, that um, you know that's important and you know traffic in in Belmont. One other thing you know. The National Transportation and Highway Statistics, 72% of um, pedestrian fatalities occur in urban areas. And one thing people have to understand is Belmont's an urban area. You know, well, we, we're, yes. we're always called the suburb. We're an or urban. We're a small town. We're a small we're town. An we're an urban area. Yes. Our roads are urban. Uh, at least, you know, we get a little of that suburb field between June uh, 30th and the, and, the, and the beginning of school in August. But... We're really an urban area, and that's what people have to uh, have to realize and appreciate that um, you know this is where the people are, and this is where you know crashes are going to occur. And I have a strange question: uh, Are some crosswalks? This is going to be an extended question. Are some crosswalks safer than others? And what I'm thinking of is Belmont Center, the crosswalk in Belmont Center by CVS seems to be people slow down and stop uh, for people there. The crosswalk in Belmont Center down toward Belmont Savings, uh, cars seem to more quickly ignore uh, the folks in those crosswalks. I I am I seeing something that's a reality or is am I seeing something that's not there? You must have saw the slide in my, my presentation where I have an aerial shot of Belmont Center and I circle the middle crosswalk and I say, and I'm going to tell people if you're going to cross in Belmont Center, that's the crosswalk you should cross at. Uh, for, really? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. it's, 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 you know, it's Belmont Center, uh, Leonard Street used to be about 63 feet wide and yeah. it's been narrowed. And that's one of the most narrow points right now is right in the center of, of, of Leonard Street. And just for what you talked about, the crosswalk down at um, down by Rankatories, yes. that's, that's a little more risky because think about what you have. You have people who probably just stopped for people 
right, at, at, the, at the middle crosswalk, and that are in their mind are saying, all right, now I can go and I'm going to get going. And they're looking at, forward at the bridge. And then you have people who've just come under the bridge that, you know, have just kind of, the concentration level has been up here, yes. and they're finally making it. And it's a little and bit And they want to speed up. And they want to speed up. And it's a yeah. little bit longer of a crossing. And it's, you know, I, I walk through there almost every afternoon, and you can see people that they, they just don't, you know, they see you at the last minute. And they and they stop, you know. Especially me, with I'm in uniform, so you know I can imagine probably if I was in civilian clothes, 75 percent of the time they wouldn't stop for me. Um, but the middle crosswalk is a, is the safer crosswalk, uh, to use in my opinion. And I understand that the police aren't uh, the police department isn't the cheerleader for the businesses mm -hmm. uh, of Belmont. But uh, if I say I'm going to make a comment and see if it rings true. It, we want people to shop in our business districts, and the only way people will shop in our business districts is if they feel safe. Mm -hmm. So it really is incumbent upon us, if we want to support our businesses, to drive safely relative to pedestrians. Yes. Does that ring true? Yes, yeah. And I don't mean to say that other pedestrians shouldn't feel safe, whether they're in the Winbrook neighborhood or the Waverly neighborhood, but uh, uh, but it seems like bringing people into our business districts and have it, having them feel safe go hand in hand. Yeah, and it's not easy. You know, it's, you have to strike a balance, you know, because we, we deal with parking issues as well. So, you know, you, you, know, you want a vibrant uh, downtown area, right? But, you know, you can't pray for rain and then complain about the mud. And the mud is cars. You know, yeah. you want people to go to all these restaurants and now you're mm -hmm. going to have, you need employee parking, you need people to, you know, uh, you know, it would be nice if people in Belmont could ride a bike or walk there, but, you know, we have people from all over coming to, you know, some of these restaurants are, are well-known now and, and, and well-established. So we have all these cars coming in, so then it's kind of managing that uh, in, in the best possible way. Um, and I think narrowing Leonard Street has, has, has done a lot. I know there were people that might have spoke out against that, but I think that's done a lot to kind of slow things down well, in, in and the area. Let's extend that just a, a tiny bit, or maybe not a tiny bit, but to what extent is speed a factor in pedestrian uh, automobile crashes? Okay, so in, in all the pedestrian crashes that I've investigated and that I went back to 1982 and reread the reports, speed played no factor in any of the, any of the crashes. They were all cited the same thing, that they couldn't see the person or uh, there was operator inattention. So why is it, uh, to push back a little bit, uh, why is it that th the perception is that the pedestrians say, well, that car came flying at me? Well, I, or is that a, a, an erroneous perception? It's, there's different, there's different uh, ways you look at it as a driver. It's not necessarily erroneous, but if you, you know, people don't appreciate, they, they think in terms of mile per hour. When you do crash investigation, you think in terms of feet per second. So, you know, if, if a car is going 25 miles per hour, which is the speed limit in, in, in town on most roads other than the ones that, that are posted, the car is going about 36 feet per second. Now, 36 feet is probably the length of the studio, right? And so if I don't have a, a, a long line of visibility, if my line of visibility is 40 feet or 50 feet, that car is going 25 is going to get to me in, in, in a, a second. second. And a second and change. In a second yes. and change, yeah. And so... You know, when you are in a when you're in a confined area or on a narrow street, 
that's where we'll tend to get people are really speeding on the street, and a lot of it is because just the proximity to the motor vehicles and the lines of sight that that you don't that you know you you see the vehicle when it's already upon you. So, are there intersections that you would recommend that people, or maybe not just intersections, but intersections and crosswalks? that you would recommend people just avoid? So one of the, one of the things you can do as a pedestrian, it, it, the, law, the, the law that governs, governs pedestrian um, walking, it's a CMR, and it, they're very rarely enforced, but they come into play when we do crash reconstruction. Sure. And one of, the, one of the rules is that if there's a crosswalk within 300 feet of you, you have to use the crosswalk. Now, everybody, oh. I, how many times at Dunkin' Donuts in, on Trapella Road have you seen people crossing? And there's a regulated crosswalk right there that they could push the button, but yes. they get out of their car and they just scoot across Trapella Road. So one of the things that I've always encouraged people to do is we have a lot of, we have not a lot, but we have several areas in town where there are unregulated crosswalks. Belmont Street's one of them. We have four or five unregulated crosswalks yes. that are in close proximity to regulated crosswalks. So if you have the time, um, and we don't have a map to show it, but you can walk up to a regulated crosswalk and push the button. Well, one I can think of, and again, this will tell you where I walk and drive, but uh, the crosswalk from CVS uh, over to the fire station and the bank uh, yes. over Trapella Road. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is that it would simply be safer for me to walk up to Slade Street and use the regular exactly. crosswalk. That's a, that's a good Even though one. I have the right, the perfect right to, to use that crosswalk. That's right. Uh, it's uh, safer. That's right. Another one is Waverly, um, at the old Waverly Firehouse, Waverly and Trapello. There's an unregulated crosswalk there. Sure. And you can walk, uh, you know, probably take you about a minute and a half to get up to Waverly Insurance and push the pedestrian cross signal there to cross. And so those are just ideas that if people have time, and they're not rushed. They can, you know, walk a little bit further and and be in a in a regulated crosswalk as opposed to an unregulated crosswalk. Now, Belmont, uh, we've been talking about speed, and the my leap of reasoning here is I think about Trapello Road and mm -hmm. people going down Trapello, but Belmont recently reduced its speed limits mm -hmm. uh, to 25 miles per hour. Uh, have you found, or have you seen an impact? Uh, from that reduction? I have seen vehicles going slower, um, but I wouldn't, you know, I think it's it is going to be a learning curve. All the communities around us have, have done that as well, which is good, um, you know, have reduced the speed limit to 25 in their communities. And I think, I think we have. I think there's times, you know, it, when you get people complaining about heavy traffic, certainly nobody's going 25 unless... Um, we have people that are trying to jump off Pleasant Street or Trapella Road, and they might tend to get their speed up to 30 or whatever going down the side streets. But, um, you know, one thing is for sure is that traffic is only going to get worse. And yes. one thing that does do is it does slow traffic down. And um, I, can, I can also say, um, looking back, at past motor vehicle crashes that we've had in town. We don't have the high-speed crashes that we used to have. And by that, I mean, you know, um, you know a car, you know, goes, takes down two signs and a pole. And, oh, yes. You know, serious injury. We haven't, knock on wood, we haven't had those in recently. And I think a big part of it is it's just, it's really hard to get, get those speeds up. Um, 
you know, there's still roads in town where you can do it. Yes. But um, it, we just haven't been, been seeing those. And I think the traffic plays a big part in that. Well, I'd like to get two headlines uh, uh, from you before we wrap up here. So if you were to give one piece of advice to Belmont residents about staying, uh, Belmont pedestrians, about staying safe when uh, crossing streets, what would that advice you, be? You have to, when you cross the street, you have to really pay attention. Um, there's a great book out there, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow. I don't know if you've read it, but it, our brain works. Like when you smile at me, that's my system one, because I know you're happy. And if you ask me a complicated math question, I go into to system <laughs> two, right? So I think, you know, when you get to, a, when you are about to cross the street, you don't ever assume that the cars can see you. Don't ever assume that you have the right of way, the right of way has to be given to you, and really pay attention to crossing and pay attention to where you're walking and the time of day. You know, if you're somebody who goes out for a run every morning at six o'clock, well, now this time of year it's dark at six o'clock, so you might have to change your, you know, your, your attire. Where if you if you're going for a walk and or you're going for a run, where high vis material, uh, reflective material is the best, and just be aware of your presence and and never assume that somebody can see you or that they're going to stop for you until they stop. Especially at night, uh, most of these crashes happen early morning, late in the afternoon, and a lot of people think because, a lot of pedestrians will think because they saw the headlights that the driver Headlight. saw them. Yes. And that's not the case, so. That's great. This has been great fun. We, okay. uh, I thank you for coming over and hopefully we will do some good with pedestrian safety right, in well, Belmont. Thanks for having me. We've been speaking with uh, Assistant Police Chief James McIsaac of the Belmont Police Department about the police department's efforts to improve uh, pedestrian and traffic safety in the town of Belmont. Thank you for watching this special edition of the Belmont Journal. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will talk to you again next time.